did. Oh my god, it worked. Oh Jesus, I, yeah. I was so nervous because I tried this last time and it didn't work. Oh, by the grace of God, it worked. Yeah, it works. Yeah, thank oh, God. No. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just been really busy today. Yeah. So, um, oh. it's been a bit hectic oh, today. Like moving and cleaning and oh stuff. Oh gosh. When are you yeah. planning on moving? Um, tomorrow. Oh my, oh my god. Yvonne, you told me we could yeah. spend another day. Oh no, it's fine because the place the place came up last minute, okay. so just had to work around it. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. I, I like doing podcasts oh, anyway. No, so. Please, I haven't done one before. <laughs> Yeah, only one, but it was fun. Okay, so you're like, I think you're the first guest that I've had who's who's done a podcast before. Usually I've had only virgins. So this is, really? Yeah, like most of my guests, honestly, all of them have been like, this is that, like, After 25 was their first podcast. So you're oh. the first one who's, like, done it before. Oh, that's Aww. nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Cool. I'm excited. I'm really me too. Um, so how is that? How like I'm starting off with asking all my guests, how are you doing with the lockdown? How's your mental state? Like, how are you coping? Oh, lockdown. Like, I don't even know where to begin. The thing is, is that like I'm just a naturally introverted person mm-hmm. anyway. So like lockdown wasn't much of a change to my daily okay, life. Okay, okay. Um I actually really, really liked it. <laughs> God forbid. Like, not, I loved it. Like, you know, those ones where you don't even have to lie to someone and say, oh, let me see if I can make it. There's a genuine, actual excuse from the government. Like, you can't even force me to come to some birthday party or some baby shower or something or no, nothing. <laughs> I don't even have to lie anymore, talk about, oh, my neck is broken or something. None of no, that. You're like, I, no, I, I literally, <laughs> I got to a point where I was just like, no, no, I had enough. Like, I had to break out. I mm-hmm. had to break out. Like, I think it was, I think yesterday, I went out for the first time, went out for a meal with my friends. I was mm. just like, no, I've had enough. Like, I think for me, it's like being at home with the kid, it just got, it got too much. Mm-hmm. Like two, I couldn't do it. it was mm. Like every day, it's in the same, the same. The sa- it felt like every day was the same day. Mm. That's how I feel. Yeah, I just felt like I was like living in the in a like a like a circle. Every day was just the same. Mm. There's literally no day. Yeah, yeah. It is really easy to get caught in that trap where you don't even remember if it's a Monday or a Friday kind of thing. Exactly. So it's like, you, you have to do things to, to break out of that pattern because that can actually put you into, you know, quite a depressive slump and it can really have a, a, a very um, negative effect on your on, on your mental health. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if you feel yourself going down that slippery slope... You definitely have to try and find a way to break out of it if it's possible for you. Some people, you know, like lockdown has been different for so many different people because some people like 
their home isn't really their safe haven. They don't feel comfortable the way we've been fortunate enough to feel comfortable. You know, there was a lot of, um, you know, talk around those um, people who might be in a, a domestic yeah. violence situations and being locked down isn't comfortable for them. Same with children as well. So we have to, in the same, you know, token, be very grateful that we, we have a home yeah, that we feel comfortable yeah. enough in to just be able to chill out without it feeling like it's a it's a threat to our lives, no, you know? I get the point when I just started feeling sorry for my son. Like he's two, and his whole his whole mm. routine was just it was it was sad. Like he's he got to a point where he was just like, "Mummy, I want to go swimming." Like we used to go swimming on Wednesdays and mm. going to school. Like his normal routine was just it was gone, and kind of like mm. seeing him go through that. I think now, like he, it literally started to feel it. Like in the morning, it would be like, "Mummy, we go to school," and I was just like, "Oh." Mm. So, yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's hard on kids, and they can't really they can't vocalize mm-hmm. it. They can't, especially my little one. Like he can't really say like, "Hey, woman, I I've had enough of you." But yeah, <laughs> he's also like, I need mm-hmm. to escape. So, oh, but how's like your mental state? How have you tried to to keep yourself to keep yourself sane? Even though, because you know, you've got a business, you still have a business to run. That I think that's. That's kind of one of the things that was just like, wow, like if people thought running your own business was easy before, huh, Mm -hmm. this time, this is Mm -hmm. where you get the real, real deal. It's not easy, you know, because every day it felt like the devil was just dancing right Mm -hmm. next to me. It really is not easy. Like the only thing that has kept me going is my faith. Yeah, yeah. My husband and my faith, like those two things because if I didn't have that if I didn't have if I didn't pray and if I didn't ask God for the mm-hmm. strength to get me through it wouldn't it, it, it'd be a no from me ma'am that's all I'm gonna say because it, it was a very very stressful yeah. time but it still is a very very stressful time because my business is still new you know and then all of a sudden boom pandemic comes along and you're still within the first like eight months of your business that's crazy crazy to try and navigate your way through a time where spending like that type of spending isn't people's priority you know and the first couple of months everybody wanted to stock up on toilet paper you couldn't even get groceries let alone you want to tell people to be buying jewelry and people can't even get toilet paper to wipe, wipe their backs you know like I literally felt like I was living in another world like every day I would go I would like we'll go food shopping and I'll just see how people were acting were acting mm. crazy with the toilet paper and I was like what mm. is happening like going Costco was it felt like Black Mirror like honestly I was just like, what <laughs> is happening Jeez. See, yeah. you're coming like eight it's months. That. That's that's a baby. Yeah, it's very, very, very young, and it was just it's it's still trying to uh, like I still feel like I'm trying to figure out where I belong in this whole new era of business now, um, and trying to figure out how to make sure that I survive and pass through this particular um, yeah, hill. Yeah. You know that is you know covid and how how covid is affecting businesses you kind of got to be one step ahead just to make sure that you're okay and you're mm-hmm. safe 
that's not even to make sure that you're you know making profit or breaking even you just want to make sure that you can get that's through this, like your like, mental state you come out in one piece that's, yeah that's insane well we you know what this is what i always do we i start talking and i forget please Yvonne, can you introduce yourself and tell the listeners <laughs> i always get so excited and i jump into the conversation okay introduce yourself <laughs> No problem, that's fine. My name is Ivana Oshodi. I am 31 years old, full-time jewellery designer. I just started my business, like I said, about eight, nine months ago. Um, before that, I was just kind of really like playing around with it as yeah, a hobby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just making jewellery out of like scrap pieces and anything I thought would look stylish you know if I wasn't able to find something in a generic fast fashion shop I would just make it yeah, myself yeah. Um, and it turned into a business just out of plain you know more curiosity from other people I worked in Topshop and every time I would walk around the floor on Topshop everyone would be like oh your earrings your earrings where can I get those are they over there are they over there and I was like no they're not in the store I made them myself <laughs> yeah and the same stuff so it's always nice to see yeah yeah exactly so it was something different and because I worked in the Oxford Street Mm -hmm. store um a lot of people from different countries would come and they'd want to know where I picked up my earrings from and as soon as I said oh it's it's not available for sale they'd be like oh is there any way we can get it before we're flying out or this or that and I didn't have a platform to be able to provide it to people. So that's when I decided to um, set up a website and really like take it seriously because jewellery is um, I, is something I love so, yeah. so much. Is it something like that came um, from mom? Was it like a family thing? Or is it just you personally just gravitated towards it? No, I think my business is a combination of uh, both family and me gravitating towards it. The entrepreneurial side is definitely from my family because almost every member of my family, they own their own business. Uh, Yeah. So my mum has always um, been an entrepreneur. She's never actually worked for a company in her whole life. Okay, okay, mum. Yeah, (laughs) she's always had her own business. Um back in Nigeria and I used to travel around with her a lot to different countries because she would sell our um, traditional clothing like the material that's made for our traditional clothing Um, so she'd have to source it from countries like China and Switzerland and so on so I used to travel around with her so I I never saw my mum doing a nine-to-five I'd seen her have that complete independence and 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 you know tell people I want this I want that I've always seen her in control yeah. of her finances and, and of her so life important. So um, important. yeah yeah very important and then when it came to the jewelry side of things it was more I just loved collecting vintage yeah. jewelry so I loved to have pieces that no one no one else had if that yeah, makes yeah. sense I just yeah really want to look like everybody else and um, I had a few places around central London and east London where I would go and get some really nice um, vintage jewellery pieces or like nameplate jewellery, you know, that type of thing. Um, and then that that's how I started collecting. But in terms of like my passion for it, 
since I was young, since school, literally since secondary school, it goes back to growing up in South London, being oh, around South grime. South London girl. Where in South so, London? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God, I'm from Jordan too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I can't even like. Sometimes I claim Croydon, but I used to live. My parents lived in New Addington, so oh, yeah, so like a little okay. bit outside Croydon. So yeah, south south, yeah. literally south of the village. Honestly, so, yeah, north, I yeah. feel like I'm on the other side of the world. Like, it does feel like that. Yeah, it's so far away. So Croydon, gang, gang. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, um, I grew up in, in South London and I, 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 like when I was a teenager, it was all about, um, So yeah. Solid Crew, Oxide and Neutrino, Miss Dynamite, Miss uh, Pete. So being around, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so being around like that scene mm-hmm. and the music scene and like being in that era where everyone was wearing big hoops and gold jewellery and, you know, nameplate rings and slicking down their baby hairs, even though they were slicking down the whole half of their head. You know, it's do you remember a... we used to do, like, the pineapple uh, fan? Like, oh, my yeah. God. And you, like, the girl was on your uh, face. Like, I got so much acne from doing that to myself. Exactly. Those days, the little Nike backpacks, Pulling up your skirt and then pulling up your socks and then, mm-hmm. I love those, yeah. Yeah, with your kickers and stuff like that. So it was that whole aesthetic. And the thing is, is that I've I've carried that aesthetic into my adult life, but just made it more me and more grown up. <laughs> I know what you mean because I feel like sometimes I look I look at my dress sense now and I'm like, are you have you even grown up? Are you even like? Because mm-hmm. I feel like I've just I've just I've kept it like really it's really the same, but I've tried to remix a little bit. But you look like you're like you know what? This is my style. Like I don't think I've really changed that much. Mm-hmm. Like I was I was mm-hmm. like the cut off. Um, remember when Levi's were in style and you used to like cut off the Levi's girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to yeah. love to cut off like I used to I used to have like a baggy pair of like Levi jeans and I cut them off so they look like I made it into a skirt. Mm. It was warm mm-hmm. I don't know who allowed me. But, <laughs> but now <laughs> I feel back, I'm like, you know what? I was I still kind of wear that. Like I still wear my little denim skirts and a t shirt. So my style, I don't think it's really changed from when I was younger. Like now I'm by force, yeah. like, I must look young. Yeah, exactly. You just find a way to kind of like, because you don't want to change who you are completely, but that doesn't mean that you don't evolve and certain things don't, you know, you don't make certain adjustments, you know? And that's all it is. Like, I'm I'm older, but I still love a big hoop, like the bigger the hoop, the bigger the hole kind of thing. Like, I love a hoop. I love to layer my chains. I love chunky gold rings or chunky silver rings. Do you know, you know? I feel like, I feel like it's, it's I, gone I, kind of backwards in style as well. Like, even though, because I know a lot of us have, that's been our style from days. Like, I've always loved big hoops and stuff like that. But now it's kind of coming mm. back and the younger ones are acting brand new. Like, they invented this stuff. I'm like, oh, I, uh, we, it's, it's, we've yeah. been doing this. 
I know, but you know what? The funny thing is, is that my mum said the same thing to me. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like we 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 stole it from our mm. older generation as well. It's like style is constantly passed down, and I would I don't want to say recycled, but it's like it's it's constantly revisited, and people find a way to put a new spin on it and stuff like that. And um, it's nice to see, you know, because I'm sure uh, our parents, because my mum, when I used to wear, um, I used to go through a phase of wearing high-waisted jeans, high-waisted Levi's. And my mum showed me a picture of her wearing that with a a Michael Jackson thriller jacket and a jerry (laughs) curl. You're not showing me nothing new. (laughs) Exactly. She's like, look, and she, she even had to rub it in about how skinny her waist was. And I was like, you know what, sis? Tap the yeah. Oh, yeah, these moms, you say, like, I swear I speak, I talk about my mom every podcast, yeah? Because, but to me, she's like, her energy is just what I, I love. Like, I love her energy. She's always like that. She's always like, hey, listen, I'm a hot spice. I love this. Like, and mm-hmm. I love, and I feel like African women, they, they have that energy. And I, that's something that I just love with our moms. They're very much, like I was yeah. a babe. I'm a babe. Forever a babe. Like yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know they had them coming and going. Yeah, yeah. Coming and going. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean that that's been the inspiration behind it. So whenever I make pieces, I just think of pieces that I would love to wear, yeah. really. There's nothing that I've brought out that I wouldn't love to wear because everything I make is something that I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that, that's just the you know, and I know some a lot of people be like, oh, but you've got to think of your target audience and you know, get really technical into the business yeah. side of things. I'm like, and I and yeah. I don't want to get that technical because I don't want to lose the passion and I don't want to lose my love for it. Yeah, that, I don't want it to feel like a job. That's the thing, like you know, like when you start doing, I feel like when you start when things turn into turn into like a job sometimes you start to hate it you start to lose what initially you started it for yeah exactly that, exactly yeah so you gotta have fun with it sometimes and remember what made you do it in the first place yeah. so what's the process like how do you how first of all how do you source your material because that's the thing that I want to know like, I think I think with jewelry like I felt I always I love having like different guests from different industries because a lot of the times I'm just like, wow, like I actually don't really know what the process is. Like, how do you source this? How do you start the funding? How do you start the the business process of it? Like, how do you turn a hobby into a business? Well, to start with, um, I was making the pieces myself. Mm -hmm. So um, when it comes to jewellery, and you're making little pieces and you're starting off, it's pretty easy to get your material. So it's pretty easy to get like your soldering iron, your sterling silver, all those type of things. Um, the main place a lot of people go to would be Hatton Gardens. Mm-hmm. It's the hub of, of, of jewellers. Like every single thing you could possibly want is in Hatton Gardens. Um, so you have the most common stores. So for, this is for anyone who's starting out. So you've got stores like Cooks and Gold, um, Samuel Findings and Bello Rashbell. Uh-huh. And they're all in Hatton Gardens. Um, you can get your, you know, you know, your chains and pendants and little things to get started if it's just like yeah, a hobby. Yeah. 
when I decided to take it up a notch and up the quality and really just look at this as something, you know what? I have these memories from my childhood and if I could still have the pieces of jewellery that I wore back then now, I, I would still have them. Like I would love to still have them. So what I decided to do was look more into the quality and the craftsmanship, which was really important to me. The quality and craftsmanship was really, really important. So I just thought to myself, you know what, Yvonne, you need to take kind of take yourself out of the manufacturing side of things in terms of you can't just be selling. Yeah, it can't just be a hobby anymore. You can't just be selling something that you made. Yeah, out of a hobby, you need to um, get someone who has the actual mm-hmm. skill, the silversmithing skill, to be able to make these uh, products for you, just so that they are are, are pieces that last yeah, through yeah. time. You know, you don't want anything that's going to snap in half after two wears or turn green or whatever. Yeah. So I found this amazing silversmith who's partnered with me for a while now okay. since January. His name's Harry. Um, and he's based in um, Hatton Gardens as well. Um, and we just sat down and we spoke and I told him about all of my ideas and like where I want to take this. And he, it was a bit of a challenge for him as well because it's not the type of uh, jewellery he's used to making. Okay, okay. He mainly deals with like engagement rings and diamonds and, okay, well, you know, okay. all those types of things. Yeah, but he does deal with precious metals like gold and silver. So I was like... You know, we could take it from there. We can both mm-hmm. learn together. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what's happened. Like, he's done some pieces for me that have been a bit of a challenge for him, but he's learned from mm-hmm. it and he's you know, been able to get a new skill just from making a piece for me. You know, like, he's he'd never done earrings before or anything like that. But as soon as he made my pieces, it was like, you know, he'd learnt, learnt something new yeah. along the way. So, um, and I learned from him and you know, he takes on my pieces like a bit of a challenge yeah. and it's great. And that's so important um, to so find someone have... like that you vibe with like this. Because when you're doing when you're doing business and you're working with people, like it's sometimes it's not always a match. Yeah, exactly. And it's really, really hard to find um it's really hard to find that match, to find someone who will who would do something exactly the way you want it done. And I think the only time he's not able to do something exactly the way I want it done is if it actually is impossible to do. If it's not practical, then he'll he'll say to me, you know what, Yvonne, that can't actually happen. If you want it, your piece to look like this or if you want it to bend yeah. a certain way or whatever, you can't do that or you can't do this, you know? And I listen to him because he's got, the experience and he works with these metals and he knows so um at the moment I'm just working with Harry which is why all of our pieces are still made to order because again it's the time it's the craftsmanship he's only one person you know so it's the time and it's the craftsmanship and it's the care that we put into it because we are really really passionate about it and I'm really passionate about it as well um, I am looking into ways into you know making the production a bit quicker, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe take a couple more people on board and make to 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 help him out because he does have his own business as well. Okay. So 
Yeah, so we, I am looking into that side of things, and I'm also training to be a silversmith oh, myself. Yeah, so. so then you can, like, you can <laughs> then start doing it like on your own, exactly. Or, like, just Exactly. So I'm trying to take myself above that mm-hmm. hobby level. It can't, it's not, you know, I need to up my yeah, skill. Yeah. And I think that, that everybody gets to a point in their business where they're like, nah, I need to up my game. It can't be this basic anymore. Yeah. And I just, I looked at my, my stuff and I looked at my pieces and I looked at the pieces Harry made for me and I was like, nah it can't be a thing in my living room yeah, anymore. Yeah. It can't be that basic anymore. This is a representation of me and I'm not at basic. T- <laughs> She's like, so, no, at all. No, it's nah. So, did you know, you, so, sorry, ask, like, did you, so did you study, like, what did you study? Um, did you go uni? Did you study, did you study this? Is this something I was like completely, because it was funny, I was listening to another podcast and they were just like, so many people uh, did one course at uni and then when it came to career they completely went somewhere else and I was like okay that's actually true for people mm-hmm. so what did you do yeah yeah I actually studied <laughs> business <laughs> well this is not like it's not too far at least you're using yeah. it you're using it for them so where did you go to uni um I went to so I've actually been to a couple of unis it's a long story but um, my first year of uni I started off at Bristol University of okay, West okay, England okay. Um, I had a horrible experience I absolutely hated it um coming out of London and going to this foreign yeah. town did you so you let so you left it I left I left after the first year because they told me I couldn't you know if I wanted to transfer mm-hmm. over I'd have to like obviously go through the January exams and coursework and stuff to be able to take my grade for my first year and transfer yeah, 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 over. Yeah. So yeah, so I left and then I went to Greenwich. Oh, okay. um, Greenwich University, yeah. And um, it basically just that that's it really. Um, I tried to go back again a couple years ago just to kind of like do another course and stuff and I was just yeah. over it I think I did a year and I was like no nah, I'm not doing it <laughs> see I I'm so envious of that because like I like I said I've I went to uni and the unit I went to it was the course that I wanted to do but it just I think the uni for me like you said like when you are when you're from London you go into like mm. these remote areas like and I don't understand like someone explained to me why a lot of these unis are on these dead areas so it was just so mm. hard. Like I went, so my uni was in Rochester in Kent. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, mm. it was so foreign to me. And then the course itself was just like, it was because it was so new, they didn't really know what they were doing. But I didn't, mm. I didn't leave when I should have left. I think that's like one of my biggest regrets. I was like, you know what? Like I just kept going because I was like, you know what? You're not African parents. Ah, who are you going to tell mm. that you're just dropping out? Like, how are you starting a conversation? Especially mm. me being the first one in my family to go uni. So I was just like, no, well, let me just push through. Let me just carry on mm. and finish this course. But hindsight is a bitch, man. Now I feel I'm like, you know what? I should have left. I should have started something else. I should have maybe taken a break, mm. like, just to rethink what I wanted to do. So I love that you 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 went with your heart and you changed it and you went somewhere else. Yeah, yeah I just I, I wasn't mm. with it. 
if I'm not comfortable with something, I, I'm not going to force yeah. myself. Um, I just don't have time for it. I don't even have the patience, to be honest. It's true. I just think, I just, I just don't think I'm, I'm that much of a patient person. <laughs> um, when it comes to things that just aggravate me, do you know what oh, I mean? I like, if something's causing me, causing me this. It's like one of those people. If something stresses me out, you can just see it in my face. It's literally like you can, like my. Oh. Honestly, I can't. I can't. I try. Like all my friends are like, you know what, Asha? Sometimes you just need to pretend. But I'm like, you know what? Tell my face that I can't. I can't. Honestly, it just. I'm telling. So, like, how are you finding? How are you finding the industry? Because I feel like right now, you know, it's those kind of conversation where we're really like looking at every industry to be like, okay, how is it? Because there's not enough representation in so many. And I'm ashamed mm. to say, like, with jewellery, I don't, I wasn't mm. really familiar with a lot of jewellery designers. So when, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole lockdown and with Black Lives and with publications putting effort into including a lot of Black designers and, you know, shout out, shout out mm. to Elle for having you think well, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, that's just how we do it around here. (laughs) Exactly. So, like, how how has it been your experience of working in industry? Like, representation-wise, like, you know, being a black woman, how are you finding it? I am finding it challenging. And it's funny you should say about representation in the industry, because over the past couple of months now, um, I've been part of the Black Jewelers Network. Mm-hmm. And um, if you go onto Instagram, you'll find, like, um, there's there's a lady that I, I actually did a podcast with. Her name is Cassandra Lauren oh, Gordon. Yeah. She, yeah, she is a jewellery designer and a, a silversmith as well. She makes her own yeah. pieces. Um, and she, obviously, th- through the wake of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, decided to speak up on representation in the industry for for black people. And, and, you know, she was trying to, a lot of people were obviously trying to categorise us in the BAME group, and she just wanted the spotlight to be on black lives, black jewellers. And through her, you know, opinions and through her, like, Instagram posts and her just, you know, talking more about the lack of representation, yeah. she ordered and became the voice for all black jewelers and everyone was just kind of like flocking to Cassandra um, for help and for guidance and what she did is she actually partnered with the goldsmith uh, company and she um, did a fundraiser and she managed to raise £20,000 in funds for independent black jewelers yeah so um there are applications go in where they're going to pick 20 people and give each one of those 20 people a thousand pounds to be able to help them through their business. And you could be, yeah, exactly. You could be a silversmith or a, a, a designer or whatever you are in the field. If you've been affected by, you know, COVID or, you know, your business has suffered over the past few months due to, lack of sales or whatever it may be then you're eligible to apply so that's that that was the first you know she's one of the first people to take that stand for black jewelers in the industry and we're in 2020 you know 
I just thinking like, how are we in 2020? And we, as much as these conversations are important, but I still can't believe we're still having these conversations. Like, it's still like, sometimes I, sometimes I just get tired. Like, when I'm reading, I'm just like, how are we still having these conversations in 2020? But you know what? Mm. It's better late than never. Like, let's do it. Like, good for you guys. Absolutely. It's needed. It's it's very much needed. And Cassandra has led the way. She's basically revolutionized the way a lot of other companies are seeing black jewelers and actually putting a spotlight on our talent as well as her own talent, rightfully so. But, um, you know, and, and it's evident. It's evident. Whenever I walk through Hatton Garden, the way security follow me around as if to say I can smash through five layers of glass to take a stinking diamond you know what I mean like, you calm down I'm just here for some surplies it's not that serious we're not here I'm not here to 419 you I'm just here to buy my supplies and and do what I have to do so you you like the 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 um a lot of Hatton Gardens is dominated by by other um ethnicities you know, and, and it's not just, you know, white or it, it is li- literally a lot of the stores in Hatton Garden are dominated by um, by Asian oh, okay. ethnicities. So they kind of already have that. They've already put their stamp that, you know, they have that representation yeah. and we're still waiting as um, as black people to, to have our turn to, to be recognised the way every other ethnicity in Hatton Garden and in the jewellery industry is recognised as well. And that's what Cassandra was trying to do. Not to leave, you know, anybody out of the BAME yeah, group, yeah, yeah. but for, for it to be a level playing Absolutely, field. Absolutely, because I think that's the issue with, like, putting everyone in the BAME um, category is that, you know, like they, it's like okay, we've got we've got Asians, we've got, and it's just like, but then black people are overlooked. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. no, like mm-hmm. we're disadvantaged. So no, let's concentrate on bringing up the black number so that it can be because bam, it's it's hard because a lot of the times when it's bam, it's we've got one Asian person, mm-hmm. but it's just like yeah, but you don't have one, you don't have a black person, you don't have black people, and we are a mm-hmm. different group. So you need to included so I think that's where that's where I find BAM a very hard for me because I'm just like when you guys say BAM somehow that gets mm. missed out and that's in, mm-hmm. that's in a lot like in fashion it's it's I'm just mm-hmm. like you guys will say BAM but I don't see black which is that's the problem mm-hmm. that's why people are talking so no it's very it's it's one thing saying BAM but it's a very different thing including the whole BAM and that's black as well Exactly, and making it a level playing field for us as well, because we've spent the past hundreds of years literally just trying to catch up. So it's 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 difficult. It's it's hard just yeah. trying to play catch up, and and trying to you know have the same head start as as everybody else, as, yeah. as all your other peers that are from different different ethnic backgrounds. Um, but in the jewelry industry, it's really important that. Um, black talent is showcased and so for anyone who is listening who's trying to get into the field or you know who's interested in the jewelry trade diamond trade definitely give Cassandra a follow Um, I think her Instagram handle is KLJ 
or KLG Jewelry and Goldsmith Company and the Black Jewelers Network and you know, be a part of the conversation. If we all talk about it, if we all like it's I think social mobility is the only way we're gonna be able to get more people into this environment, make get encourage more people to get into it because with certain careers as well, it's like you don't see people, you don't see your colour in there, so you don't feel it's your space. So you don't pursue these industries, so you don't think like, oh, I can make a living out of doing this. Do you know how many black girls are out there just talented from just making jewelry from day from when they were young that's just what they did for fun and then even make a mm-hmm. living from it they don't know that those it, those rings that they make in their bedroom like someone will buy it off them like which is insane so like yeah if we for yourself because i know like right now with you know with with the with the uh the lockdown which is kind of easing up now like how are you how are you finding like you're trying to like push the business trying to like kind of reinvent like being like okay we've been on lockdown now i'm like what what kind of ideas are you trying to push forward um well now that we're out of lockdown and people are you know really having the chance to enjoy their summer what what's left of their summer right. of it um, yeah <laughs> um i'm trying to come out with a few new mm-hmm. pieces um that will represent that basically so um i'm hoping to be able to launch them soon mm-hmm. obviously things are still slow in terms of getting supplies and you know not everything has eased up completely shipping and all those type of things is still slow trying to get in touch with manufacturers is still slow so um i'm hoping to be able to release some new new pieces and just bring something fresh to the table you know just like as a representation of the freedom of lockdown even <laughs> like i was with every, i was just like you know what guys even when the lockdown is over i'm still going to stay but i understand people who are breaking out because it feels like is you do kind of want freedom i don't know about you you one you said you enjoy staying in me take me out I want, I want one day let me go let me break out these shackles of being at home every day making milk every day mummy mummy tired. <laughs> so honestly funny. like i'm just like no i've had enough like it's it's time Time to just, and then I know I think what's kind of crazy right now as well is because people don't really know what to do. You don't really know, like, are you mm. out? Are you in? Is it safe? So, like, I do kind of like feel, I feel it's really hard, especially like for business owners, because you know, like, as much as you do want to go to that next step and gonna be like, okay, we're like gonna launch new stuff. It's what like how when what's the step like what's the government doing like how they're helping small businesses especially new businesses like yourself because i'm hearing so many people funding is not even like really available for everyone yeah like stuff uh, funding is really really hard and i did look into that option Mm -hmm. um but there was some there was quite a few requirements that I didn't meet in terms of like how many members of staff I had and blah, 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 and all the rest of it. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to leave that option. And what I decided to do was join um, an organization called the Prince's Trust. Okay. okay. 
and I joined the Princess Trust, and I'm sure a lot of your a lot of people listening probably know what it is, but it's um it's a it's a it's a charitable program basically um that's available for for sixteen to thirty year olds, yeah. and they help with education, employment, and self employment. Um, and they have an entrepreneurial program, mm-hmm. and if you're thinking of like starting up a business, or even if your business is has already started trading, um, they will help you with a business plan, and they will, you know, uh, teach you the the fundamentals, the basics mm-hmm. of business. So you know, cash flow, profit and loss, marketing, branding, PR, mm-hmm. um, SEO, setting up your website, and all those type of things. And then um, at the end of that, and at the end of your business plan, you get given a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, the mentor might not be directly related to your field, but they're able to help you with things that, you know, you, maybe your mentor might come from finance or might come from marketing or whatever, which are all still essential in your business, regardless of what the business yeah. is. So you will always get some valuable information from the mentor. Mm. And should you decide to go even further than that within the program, they actually have some funding available that you can apply for. Yeah, so you will go through like a kind of dragon's den situation where you have to like pitch your business um, in order to be eligible for the funding, which I think is a maximum amount of about £5,000. So if there is anyone out there who's trying to, between that age gap of 16 to... to, um, and they're trying to you know, set up the business or trying to get extra funding for their business but what's on the government website in terms of eligibility for the COVID funding you don't really fall into then definitely give the Prince's Trust a go they they are available um, nationwide all over the UK so it doesn't matter what borough you're in or what area you're in there'll be a representative there to help you um, so that's the, that's the path that I'm I'm down right now, and I found it more yeah. useful. And um, yeah, oh, that's so good. See, that's the I think that's one of those things where people don't really know where to go. And then I really love the point about them offering mentorship because that's always one of my topic. Like I always say, I'm like, there is it's so hard to know what you're going into. It's so hard to start something mm-hmm. if you don't have someone show like helping you through it or giving you knowledge before and I think that's that's where it was really hard especially industry creative industries because there's lack of representation there's lack of like black people around black you know different people not having that mentorship to guide you through can just make it even that 10 times harder so mentorship it's so important yes definitely definitely it's it's bad like you're you're literally getting most of these people have been in their respective fields for 30 40 years before they retired you are getting knowledge that you you can't pay for you're getting experience and knowledge that you just cannot pay for anywhere um so if there's an organization that's willing to give you that even for an hour a week then take it because a lot of people have been through the business world they've seen the ups and downs they've been through recessions and they've come out of it um, so they will really give you the best um financial advice that they're able to give you or marketing or branding or whatever it may be 
that they specialize in, they'll definitely be able to um, stir you in the right direction. So it's, it's and it's a free program as well. If if something's there for free, why why not? not? Let me say that it's free. And you know, nowadays to get something free, oh, if it's free, honestly, like if it's free, you take it and make it work for you and you turn that free thing into something profitable. No, absolutely. Like for anyone listening, absolutely. Like look into it. Mm -hmm. There's not enough um, resources out there. Like this was like, this was one of the, um, something like I had someone say is that the older you get, the resources to help you are less. Like there's always these programs for under 25s, for 16 and 20. So like I find that, you know, when you've reached a certain age, especially over 30, to get help harder, Mm -hmm. like programs are always aimed at the younger people. And it's just like, you know what, someone could start their career much later. And that's kind of like one of those mm-hmm. like, you know, it's as much as resources are great for the younger people, like, yes, you're, you know, you're helping them get their foot in the door. But I'm also like, but you've got loads of older people, because I know so many women who are starting things a little bit later now, who are, especially for me myself, mm. I'm like, look, me starting the podcast much later, like I'm in my 30s and now I'm like, okay, let me, let me do something I've always wanted to do. So it's, there's so many, like, there's not enough resources for people starting things later. So if there's something that's in mm. your age bracket and it's helping and it's free are you okay to say no like are you well mm-hmm. like, exactly. that, no that, go for it do it like it's gonna if you at least you'll get something out of it regardless of what it is regardless of what it is like knowledge you'll get some free tips like or even get to meet people that's another thing like networking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so major so like when me and you spoke like when I invited you in the interview um for the podcast you were like you were actually really into skincare because I was just like oh, yeah and then you're like okay that was my thing before jewelry and I was like yes skincare. yes so, like, what were- yes let me give you the tea <laughs> <laughs> so like what were you doing before like what was it something like a career that you wanted to take into or was it just like a hobby so, I'm sure like a lot of people, especially a lot of black girls, like skincare was a bit of a chore for us when we were younger, especially dealing with stuff uh, like issues like mm-hmm. acne, hyperpigmentation, not really knowing, you know, where acne. to go for proper guidance when it came to our skin. Um, my skin's always been something I struggled with and I had to self-learn all of these yeah. things because... Um, during my teenagers, I actually grew up with my stepdad, who um, oh. just obviously, as 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 a man, just didn't really care about oh, skincare. Oh, right now. Uh, they say, yeah, you know, he just he just wasn't bothered. It's take the Dove soap and wash your face type of thing. That brings me. I literally break out in sweats. I just say, like, wait, you are using oh. your same body body wash to use on your face. Oh. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So what I had to do was whenever I got my pocket mm-hmm. money, um, I would save it all together. And then eventually I'd save so much of my pocket money that he was forced to open up a, a bank account okay. for me. And so he took, yeah, he took me to HSBC and I, I got my first bank account. And then I, I started putting my pocket money mm-hmm. in there. And then that's when I started to go to the Wick Gift Centre oh, in Croydon yeah. and like, 
yeah, go into Superdrug and start buying my own um, skincare bit. So, of course, at the time it was like Neutrogena and all those kind of things. And then when I started to buy, you know, that skincare from mm-hmm. Superdrug, at this time it was it was a time where girls like us were not advertised with those type of I can't skincare. even think like, I can't, um, like looking now that you're saying that at that time because we're like we're we're at the same age when you're I can't remember yeah. seeing and I used no. to be so into my magazine I was like I used to save all my money to buy magazines like I'll buy glamour mm-hmm. with their little gifts but I never used to see mm-hmm. black girls in any of those skincare adverts None, none. So when I would go to Superdrug or Boots and I would pick up, uh, you know, the clear and simple, whatever it was, it, it would be the Garnier and the Neutrogena, it, it wasn't advertised for us. So I believed that it wasn't mm-hmm. going to work for me because it didn't look like anything was advertised or targeted towards my my skin issues, which at the time was hyperpigmentation and, and um, dealing with acne scarring yeah, yeah. so I then ended up going to the black hair shop okay. and you go into the black hair shop and it's the complete opposite yes there are things targeted to black mm-hmm. skin but there are things targeted to black skin telling you your black skin is oh, not good enough oh. so we go we go down the aisle and all we see is fair oh. and white and fair and this, and light and this, and bright and this, and white and that. So you go from going to Superdrug to just seeing the white girls, to then going to your hair shop and seeing products for you, telling you to look like the exactly, white girls. Exactly, you like so, Exactly. So at that point, I was done. I was fed up. Um, I, I bought whatever was available to me in the black hair shop. Um, I think at the time... The brand that I navigated towards the most was Black Opal. Okay, okay. Yeah, because they they had some um, moisturizers and like a, a like a gel cream that was meant to help with hyperpigmentation, and it, it came in a little tub, and it it had like these little bits in it. It was like a green, almost like an aloe vera consistency. Okay. Um, and I remember my mum using it as well. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, finally, something familiar. Because my mum used to use it and she's beautiful and her skin was never lightened. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and even, and I thought, that's it. I'll go for that. Something that I know. Um, and so I was using that. And then I started to use, oh, I forgot the name of this brand. What was it? Was it-, uh, it was the brand. It, 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 um... It, it the bottles came in half colours, so it would come in like purple and green or purple and yellow. Um, I can't remember the name of the brand, but it got banned in the shops because it had hydroquinone oh. in it or hydroquinone. Okay. Yeah, which is a, a, a lightening ingredient that is now illegal in the UK. Yeah. Um, and I used that for a while, and it definitely did work on my um, scarring and stuff. But once they took out that ingredient. Mm-hmm it didn't work anymore so this went on for years me trying to find things that would just target the issue and target it you know once and for all without me you know what would happen is I'd use these products and as soon as I'd stop them for a week or so the problem would occur 
So the results were never long-lasting. And the reason why the results didn't last is because I didn't have a proper skincare routine. I didn't know the steps that I need to take. It wasn't just about the moisturizer. It was about the cleansing. It was about the treatments. It was about the diet a lot of the time. Um, yeah, it was, you know, my, my nasty ass teenage diet, it, it went in, you know, after college, after school, always going to the chicken shop, after college, always going yeah, to McDonald's. Like, what did we expect from our skin? And then you, what did then you, you put in gel on your forehead, like your, and then SPF, who, t- who spoke to you about SPF? Yeah, we thought we were invincible. We, uh, we were doing bits. Just say that in the sun. We you were... wake up in the morning, that the crack of dawn, the sun is on your skin. You come home when the sun has gone down. My mom's like, you are literally just sleeping exactly. outside. Exactly. No one told us that we needed SPF because it's not something we use back home. So all those things that we were doing to our skin, even like just taking away the, the, the terrible skincare choices, just the, the other things in terms of not even knowing real hygiene with our yeah. makeup, our, our sponges, our brushes, changing pillowcases, you know, all those type of things played mm-hmm. a part in the terrible skin I had through my teenagers. After I after a while, you know, I got fed up. So when I started working full time and I was done with the uni and stuff like that, and you know, you're grown and you're becoming more of an independent woman, you're able to afford more things. So yeah, so the step that I decided to take was to go to, of course, a dermatologist. Okay. And I was able to afford, yeah, I was able to afford afford a dermatologist. Sorry, for the first time in my life. Um. So I went to a dermatologist and. I still had some acne scarring left over on my forehead and the side of my cheeks from my teenage years, believe it or not. Um, so I, I was done with the acne. I wasn't breaking out anymore, but it was the scarring and the hyperpigmentation that was left over. And so she recommended a salicylic, sorry, salicylic acid okay. pill. Um, yeah, one of those TCA pills um on my face um and she recommended three courses over the space of I think four months um and that's when I started to get introduced to actives and chemicals mm. and I was like this it's is it that. this is the truth <laughs> salicylic acid and glycolic acid are the I'm truth and light no turning back listen when you find them as a woman of color, they would change your life. Like they will literally change your life. So when I had those pills done, as soon as I started cleansing and using actives and moisturizing, my skin just went from zero to 100. And I would go into work and I would like see friends and everyone would just be like, whoa, Yvonne, like, the glow. And I'd be like, I know you don't have to tell me, sis, I paid for the glow. Like, you know when you're just like, when I tell you, when I have good skin, I don't know how to act. You can't tell me anything. I don't care who you are. You can't talk to me. Listen, you'll talk to me nice if you're going to talk to me. You will talk to me nice because I don't 
when my skin is popping. Ah, oh, me, I don't even know. I don't even know how to behave myself. I don't know if to give you the left you to give you the right side of my face, like because do you know what for me? Yeah, like I'm, I've suffered. I suffered so long with bad skin and acne and not loving my skin. So like now I got to a point mm. that I'm at the point where like my skin is glowing and I'm happy with it. Like you still have your bad days when a little a little spot will try and just come through. But overall, like, you're happy with your mm. skin. No, you can't talk to me. Don't you can't mm-hmm. it's, it's a different type mm-hmm. of confidence as well. No. It's a different type of confidence and I'm mm-hmm. here for it. So after going through that phase of discovering actives, I don't know how this came about, but I started to delve into Korean okay. skincare. And delving into Korean skincare has, has if you thought I was bougie at the salicylic acid phase, you haven't seen nothing yet. When I started to delve into Korean skincare, it changed, it changed mm-hmm. the game. Because they are so advanced with their formulation. They're so ahead. They're literally 10 steps ahead when it comes to their formulation. They're simple, they're effective, and they're affordable. And that's what I needed. So I am all, like, I don't have any Western brands in my skincare except for Paula's Choice. Okay. Paula's Choice is the only one, yeah. Because I use the um, salicylic acid exfoliator. But other than that, like everything is, especially for oily skin, Korean skincare will save your life. And so I started to get into the double cleansing method. So obviously oil cleansing first and then going in with a gel, gel wash off cleanser um, and then using a treatment um, and then, you know, obviously going in with your serums and mm. moisturizer, mm. toner, essences, all those type of things. Um, and I really do feel like Korean skincare really does miracles for women of colour. I just wish more women of colour got into it because it's so much more affordable than these Western brands. It's so much more affordable than the things you get in yeah, in um in super drug or in boots. It's very accessible in the yeah. UK. There are a few websites that can send your items within a week or even less than that. So it's not something that's not accessible to us. And I really feel like black women get, get, get into it, honey. And thank me later. (laughs) Thank me later. It's okay. Um, What kind of brands Mm -hmm. are, um, are you using at the moment? So like in terms of your cleanser, so what's your routine like right now? Okay. So my routine is a combination is oil cleansing first. So, no matter, even if I've been at home, no matter where I've been, I always okay, double okay. cleanse. Double cleansing. So the first step, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the first step of the cleanse will help you get all the impurities out yeah. of your face, or if you're wearing makeup, will help melt that makeup down. And I know a lot of girls don't like oil cleansing because some people have lash extensions and stuff like that, but there's always ways mm-hmm. around that. So oil cleansing, you can go for something that's a real oil formulation, like um, a brand called Handskin. They have a PHA oil cleanser, which is an oil uh, cleanser, but also acts as an exfoliant. Or if you're starting off, you can go for brands such as um, Vanilla, which have um, balm cleansers that are similar to the Take the Day Off cleanser by Clinique. So think of that. Yeah. 
So um, you can go with the vanilla one, the pharmacy green clean, or what's the one that I'm loving at the moment? The then I met you okay, cleanser. Okay. Well. Yeah. Right yeah. So it's vanilla, then I met you, and hand oh. skin, and the pharmacy green clean that I'm loving right now. So that will be your first step. And then your second step would obviously be your wash off cleanser. Okay. So before you get to the wash off cleanser, the most important thing to remember about your oil cleansing is that once you've put that oil on your face and you've rubbed it in and you've got all the impurities off, you need to emulsify it. So you need to add water to it. You always put the oil cleanser on dry skin mm -hmm. and then emulsify it with water later. So you just dip your hands into water and then rub it onto your face and it will turn into a white milky mm -hmm. texture. And then you go, you rinse that off and then you go in with your actual wash off cleanser. Um, so the wash off cleanser I'm loving at the moment is um, the Then I Met You um, gel okay, cleanser. I love a good um, I, I love good cleanser. The, the lady that uh, founded Then I Met You, her name is Charlotte Cho. Yeah. She also has, um, she also has a blog and a website that sells Korean sing skincare called Soko Glam. Oh, I think I know Soko Glam. Ah, yeah. oh, Soko Glam will change your world. It's the best thing for starters. And if you go onto their blog, which is called the yeah, K blog, yeah. you'll be able to see all the basics. They they break down all the ingredients for you and they'll give you all the basics so you will know what works best for your skin and then you can shop it on mm. Soko Glam. So um, yeah, so that's the first step of my routine. And then once I always do that in the shower, and once I come out of the shower, I will then exfoliate. Okay. So I never do. Um, I went through the phase like everybody else of using harsh scrubs, like the Saint oh, Ives apricot scrub, <laughs> that demonic scrub. Do Do you know what? Yeah, now I use that scrub. For my armpits. I'm not even going to lie to you. Do you know what? You, That's where it belongs. The roughness, maybe, you know, does it work for your armpit then? Because I think that roughness is probably better for your armpit than it is for your face. Because that's yeah. right on your face. Me, I give it to my enemies. Take the scrub. I can't mm -hmm. use that again. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really good for like your, like if you're suffering from discoloration oh, on your okay. underarms or like your feet. Yeah, so I always like to scrub certain areas a bit harder than others. And my knees, my feet, and my armpit, I go in with a scrub. So that's what I use that for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so now I I do fit, um, chemical exfoliating. Um, the Paula's Choice um, exfoliator, I'll, I'll read the name of it. It's the Skin Perfecting 2% BHA Liquid Exfoliant oh. um, Salicylic Acid. And it is one of the best exfoliants on the market. Yeah, okay. It is, this is a miracle in a tub. Oh. It changed my life. This one, she said it's a miracle in a tub. Like, I, <laughs> I really did. I really, really did. It doesn't matter what your skin type is, but especially if you have oily skin, you will love I need this. To try it. I and when you please do, please do. And when you buy it, tell Paula Yvonne <laughs> sent you. 
Sis is trying to get a sponsorship out here, so you know. <laughs> For real. Okay, so exfoliating. Next step, serum. What's your serum? Uh, With the Korean one, are you an essence girl? I I do have a few essences. Mm. I do have a few essences, like the Neogen essence, yeah. um, tree. Um, I do like essences that have rice water yeah. in them because they're very good. Rice water and licorice extract or licorice root extracts are very good for um, brightening the skin. So again, if you're a woman of color, you'd want, basically, if you look at your ingredients and you see those, it's, it's most likely going to work for yeah, you yeah, yeah. in terms of your hyperpigmentation. So you want to look out for those ingredients. In terms of the serum right now, I stick to a vitamin C serum because I have some scarring from breakouts that I'm trying to get rid of. And the vitamin C serum I use is from a brand called Dare Clairs or Clairs, is it? It's spelled with a K. So it's K L A I R S. I think And it's their. Yeah, it's their freshly juiced vitamin C drop. Um, pure vitamin C, and it's also got centella asiatica extracts. And centella is amazing for calming the skin. So if, like, say, for example, if it's your time of the month and you are just incredibly inflamed, irritated, Mm. breakouts, your pimples sore, you know, that those type of spots that aren't really coming to the surface. Yes. When you see centella, centella is an amazing calming um, it's, it's great for calming the skin and soothing irritation. Um, so I'll either use that or I do have another one, which is the Triple C Lightning Liquid by Cosarex. Yes, I love Cosarex. You know what? I tried. What did I try? They're like, um, some. I got in like a gift bag, the little pimple patch. Yes, uh, I used oh, those too. There was a point yeah. when my skin, I think like was just acting up and nothing was nothing mm-hmm. in the market was helping and then i someone sent me that and i tried it miracle mm. miracle it's amazing like it's it. amazing the one i'm gonna tell you about next though you will love even more um <laughs> but those are amazing so those are the two vitamin c's that i use um and then usually after that i don't like to because i do have oily skin i don't like to overwhelm my face with too many like serums Mm -hmm. and I did forget to mention before I go in with that serum I do go in with a toner it's really important for me to tone my skin and I know a lot of people say um that the the myth around toning is about balancing your pH levels of your of your skin but for me it's literally about evening my skin tone and calming my Mm -hmm. skin so I do have a few different toners i do have um a re- one with snail extract in it which might sound a no, bit but weird I was, do you know what like i i was doing some research and snap snail extract is great for your skin like i had i think i, I bought a face uh, a face mask from amazon and i can't i don't know what yeah. the name of that face mask is, but it was the best i like it's sold out right now and i can't get it nowhere so i'm upset i'm stressed but mm. oh. no, it is your yeah really good so the one with the snail extract in it is called it's from a company called benton and it's the aloe bha skin toner 
It also has um, aloe vera juice, which my skin absolutely uh-huh. loves. And then it's got hyaluronic, sorry, hyaluronic acid. Um, and then the snail secretion filtrate. Yeah, which is amazing. And then the other one I use because, again, I do have oily skin. Um, and it's just to control the sebum, you know, around my T-zone, which can sometimes get out of control, especially during this time of the year, is the Innistree Green Tea Fresh Toner. Okay. This is a cult classic in the K-beauty world. I don't know anyone with any skin type that hasn't loved this. Um so this just helps to control excessive sebum and it really does soften your skin. It's so amazing. And um, so those two toners I definitely swear by. And then I go in with my oh serum. My um after the serum, I would usually use the eye cream because you know, 31 and that. <laughs> Wait, how are you I put up a post about eye creams, right? I feel like for me, I I'm not gonna lie, I'm like, guys, I don't really deal with a lot of like issues like but I for me it's more like prevention right now because I know my mum she right she's in her 50s and now she's dealing with dark circles so I'm thinking okay you know what it might be in the genes so let me start looking after it like Mm. are you an eye cream believer I am an eye cream believer because I wear glasses and um I'm someone who when I don't wear my glasses I squint a lot and at that point, I'm forcing the wrinkles, okay. if that makes sense. So when you keep on squinting, you are literally, for, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm forcing my, I'm aging by like five and years, me, I when, feel like. When I see just a hint of sunlight, I wear sunglasses. Squinting is not, I can't. Mm. Like, no, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I'm always squinting and then I start to notice the line mm. where the crease has been from me squinting. So I'm like, no, I need to do something oh, about okay. that. So I do like this particular eye cream because I know like people say eye cream can be a glorified moisturizer, but to me, it's about the concentration of the products and ingredients that make it different to a regular moisturizer. So if you have an eye cream that has a higher concentration of a particular ingredient than your moisturizer does, then yes, that eye cream will be beneficial for Mm -hmm. you. So the one I use is called um, it's from a company called Ellen Stiller, and it is the Collagen 80 Intensive Eye Cream. So it's 80% collagen, um, and it's got it's formulated with gold, and it's supposed to be anti-wrinkle and energizing. It's a very good eyes. I see you. I see it. I love it. It's a very, very nice kind of like, um, almost like a gel formula. It's not thick, so it's not a heavy cream where you would risk getting um, those little spots called melia or melia. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. But often when people put too much moisturiser around their eyes because the, the skin is so thin, they risk getting those bumps, which can only be removed by a dermatologist. So yeah you want to make sure that you have a lighter formulation and it's nothing too heavy around the eyes um so yeah i would use that and then i'd go in with a pretty basic moisturizer like the crave beauty oh so simple moisturizer like 
gel or are you a thick cream? Because I'm oily, so I try to stay away from thickness. Um, when you're oily, like the best creams when you're oily, to be honest, uh, to be honest, sorry, are usually mm-hmm. gel based. I do try to stay away from creams that say like the maybe the second or third ingredient is shea butter yeah. or coconut no, oil. I, I stay away. I from yeah, that. I can't. I think that's yeah. why. That's why it's always hard for me, like, growing up when loads of people were just like, oh, shea butter, coconut oil, all these things. I was just like, I can't. My my face will drink that and then just spit it out so- spots. That's literally what happened to my face. It was literally exactly. like, drink it up and I'll just look shiny. Like, right now, I like the glow. I can't lie. I like some creams that will give me a nice little shiny glow, but I can't have anything mm. too thick because then I'll just start mm. getting spots because my face just feels suffocated. Mm, exactly exactly so i think the thing with oily skin is to like and with any skin not just oily skin is that the the beginning the cleansing step is the most important if you don't get that step right no product is gonna sit right on your face none it's not gonna happen you are not gonna get the benefits of any of your actives or your moisturizer, your eye cream, or anything like that, if you do not get the cleansing step right. So double cleanse, even if you're at home. Impurities are everywhere, you know. So even if you're at home, even if you go out, when you put sunscreen on, always, always, always double cleanse. Um, Black girls, never forget your sunscreen. Forget that old folklore about you know black women being able to take the sun yes we can take the sun but we're not trying to burn in the process no one's trying to be crispy out here okay we're trying to glow all the way up onto our Abs- 80s amen amen i claim it you know what i mean we're trying to be flawless up in here we're trying to be queens we're fighting battles black lives are mattering so make sure your skin is popping Put the sunscreen you have on. To, then like, you know what's another thing? is that like you'll be doing, imagine you're doing all these steps and then you're not putting a sunscreen. Basically, you're mm-hmm. just voiding it all. You're you're not even, what you're doing, everything that you're doing, it's going to be void if you don't finish up with your SPF. That's literally like the honest SPF. truth. Like you can do 10, 20 steps. If you don't round it up with the SPF at the end, what you've just done, is you've done nothing. You've just, you literally could have just walked out there without washing your face. Because you're doing everything exactly. that you just did. Because the sun would just. Because for me, it was always the the dark spots. I never could understand why they weren't going. Even when I was like yeah. really trying my best with my skin, and then like when I finally mm. really started taking SPF seriously. I was like, you see, like everything I was doing. Mm. Was just like, okay, now it's like it's protecting from the the, the acne scarring getting darker. It's helped like. Oh, keeping your skin tone even ah spf me i need a sponsorship somebody just sponsored it i will talk about spf all day spf mm-hmm. is the light so the two that i use the most um for for again i know that the issue with spf for a lot of black girls is that um i think what's available in the stores are a lot of the times a mineral spf where you get that white yeah, cast yeah. left over chemical SPF so again a Korean skincare SPF which will not leave a white cast on your face and is very light is the Biore UV watery okay. essence SPF 50 PA plus 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 so you know you see this SPF yeah, yeah? the protection it gives you 
when your trifling ex-boyfriend is trying to come back, put this on your face. <laughs> I'm telling you. He'll say, no, sir. Listen. No way. Listen. No way. When you feel like the devil is trying to come for you, that hell heat, this SPF has got your back. And no white cast either. That is so you're out here rebuking Satan the same time you're putting this SPF Multitasking. On. As women, we do best. Exactly. You're fighting the devil and also keeping young. I love to see it. Exactly. It's available on Amazon. You can get it on mm-hmm. Amazon. And um, the other one is the Dear, uh, sorry, Dear Claire's SPF as well, which is really good, which you can get on Soko Brand. Um, so, yeah, those are my tips. And, all oh, girls, don't forget your neck. And don't forget your hands when you're doing your skincare routine. Every time you use a step or you go for a step, rub it down your neck and rub it on your hands as well. Because, you know, this is, this is what I'm saying. Aging. Everything. Like, like, if you yeah. don't, this is why I don't understand. Like, guys, if you don't take it to the neck, it's not going to, your neck is your face. You're going to have, this is why a lot of, like, you'll see, you're like, okay, you've got this, like, the neck is a different colour to your face. It's like, because you're creaming and stopping at the jawline. Why? 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 Trying to say, mm-hmm. take it to the neck, exfoliate to the neck, SPF to yeah. the neck, everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, what about um? Everything. So, are you a retinal girl? Do you use uh, retinol for the evening? Is there anything like? Are you an anti-aging? Or are you more like? Because me, for me, I always say my concentration. When you ask me about skin, what do I want? I just want brighten. I want mm-hmm. glow. Like so, but I like. Mm-hmm. Do you care about? Do you do a lot of uh, anti-aging routine? I think anti-aging hasn't really occurred to me because I've always been told I look yes, younger yes, than I yes, am. Yes, you do. I can tell you that. <laughs> there was <laughs> like, the picture last night you posted after you've done a facial or something. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always been told that I look younger than I am. So And I get ID'd everywhere. So I never really think about anti-aging, if oh, that makes sense. Cool. Although I have been looking in... Yeah, I have been looking into mm-hmm. retinols, and um, what's bothering me the most is that you just never know. I know you have to build up the concentration yeah. over time, but yeah. it's the purging that's bothering me, that's putting me off starting, because you just don't know how badly your skin's going to purge at first before it gets used to the that's retinol. Awesome. And I've seen some, yeah, I've seen some people have horror stories where, they just broke out like all around their mouth, all around their chin. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> like, like, like the recovery time. No, it's so, do you know what? When I see, I started with the retinol a bit way too younger than I should have, and I didn't really have enough information. But I do remember like I bought like um I bought something online when I was younger. The way that I broke out and started peeling, like retinol is no joke. Like you have to go in there with information go in there uh, with the blood of jesus and just pray that you got the right information because if you play games with retinol like you will literally like that's another thing that will undo all the all the like um even tone that you were doing all the routine that you're doing to even out your tone retinol will burn you you'll look Mm -hmm. like burnt biscuit that's you have to tread lightly Mm -hmm tread very lightly and I would suggest when you are going on to those actives that are you know that can cause purging or have a, a side effect before you see mm-hmm. the benefit 
just in, in, try your best to invest in a good um dermatologist yeah. or someone who can apply these treatments for you topically but in a in a professional way um that can help you that can ease you through the purging mm-hmm. process um I, going to a dermatologist really opened my eyes and when you find a good dermatologist or you find a good esthetician it it would it would it will completely transform your skin. It will completely transform your outlook on because the skin is your skin is the biggest organ in your body on your body. Like you have to care for it. And when black skin is cared for, I mean all black skin looks beautiful, don't get me wrong. But when you have that glow, I'm te- oh I'm telling you, you could listen, ad- black girls, if you you know the power you mm-hmm. have. You know the power you have. You have to just yeah, make this, them run. This is what I'm saying. Just like, well, you don't even need to open your mouth. They just see the glow. They're like, oh, I can't. This one, I can't step to her. Like, just yeah. by any means. You have to step to me correctly. Talk to me nice. So don't talk to me more. Yeah. Talk to me nice. Exactly. So, skincare is so, so important. And the reason why I love Korean skincare so much is because they don't just see it as skincare. They see it as a part of their personal oh, hygiene. It's so important. Just as important as looking after your teeth and looking after your hair. They they take it so seriously. Like and it's those benefits. Like, not, not yeah. You, like, I think I got to, I think in the summer, I was really into the 10-step routine. I, I just got tired. I was just like, you know what? I have a 10-step. Mm. It's, it's not working for me right now. But when you... When you see like my skin, there was a difference to it. Just taking that extra step and mm-hmm. really like looking after your skin. Like Korean women don't play games. They don't like mm-hmm. I you see the actresses, their skin is like milk. Not even one sign of mm. not even one sign of stress. You can't she, they literally look like they was born yesterday. Exactly. So I am I'm a believer of that. Like so I I yes ladies like invest in our skin uh, let's it's not mm-hmm. just because i oh i've always found it really hard when people talk about oh yeah just use black soap just use shea butter i'm like ah like i'm like mm-hmm. no like you, it's not for everyone i think there's some people got great skin and they can just use black black soap and it works most of us mm. that's not it that can't just be it it's right yeah, everyone's skin is different. It doesn't work that way. And you you do, it's trial and yeah. error, but try to do as much research as you can on what's best for your skin. Um, luckily for me, me and my, me and my um, partner both have the same skin type. We both have oh. oily skin, so we do the same. Oh, it's her- yeah. Oh, he I loves see. skincare. Nice. Yeah. He's into it. He's definitely yeah, into it. Yeah, I love, like, I literally, I love when men are into skincare. Because I'm like, yes, sir. Take care of that, too. Yes. Like, okay. the Snatch my soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same products. The same products a woman can use, men can use. There's no such thing as gender. Skin is skin. Like, you've got skin mm-hmm. is skin. Like, just, you're looking at the ingredients. You're looking at the, um, the stuff that's in it. You're not looking, it's not about colour or it's about women. No, 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 sir. Use the cleanser. Use the scrub. Mm. Like, I had one exactly. question that I really wanted to ask your opinion on. What do you think about 
celebrity yeah. with their skincare lines because Rihanna's launching her one. I think it's coming out on on Friday. Like, I'm gonna mm. buy it just because I'm like, you know what? It's sis, it's black owned, let's support. But with some mm. of these celebrity skincares, I'm like, oh, you guys are not really. It's just like you're just slapping your name on it. Yeah, a lot of them just look like they're just slapping their name on it. And it, it to be honest, it's pants. The formulations look pants. Like, you know, like I said, again, these days, if it, if it's not a Korean-inspired formulation, I'm not here for it. Because, you know, I'm at the point where I know what works yeah. for my skin. And their formulations really do work for my skin. Um, a lot of celebrities are just... It's more like a gimmicky yeah. type product, if that makes sense. Yeah. I know, um, what's her name? Sorry. Huda Beauty, Huda Katan, brought out her oh. Wishful line a couple of months back. And um, the reviews on the first product that came out, which was meant to be like a, a physical exfoliator, yeah, yeah. Where she was advertising it like, oh, wow, like, you know, you know that thing that happens where you, it all rolls up and people think that that's dead skin. It's not dead skin. It's just the product pumping up together and it's particular ingredients they put in for it to have that effect. You know, so those type of lines come across very gimmicky and not really concerned about targeting skincare issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if Rihanna does, if Rihanna's line is about targeting specific skincare issues then yes because i i'm at the point where it and again it depends on the target audience but i'm at the point where i can't have gimmicky no, skincare no, no, no. just because a celebrity has slapped their name on it my skincare needs to be exactly. effective i need good cleansers i need actives i need moisturizers i need ceramides i need to repair my moisture barrier i don't you have don't time have for I don't have time for gimmicky skincare. So it's something you would give your, you know, your 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 ten year old or your eleven year old when she's sitting with you and she wants to do what mummy is doing. But no, you know I, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I'm like I always say, I'm just like guys. I'm gonna buy because I'm just trying to support. But I already know, like, at some point in my mm. in my life, especially with my skincare, where I know what works for me. I find it. I always find it so hard to try so like different products. That's why, like, I find it hard to do the whole like skincare influencer thing. I'm like, because really, sometimes I find what works for mm. me, and I'm like, I'm gonna stick to this for months. Like, if I'm in a different mm-hmm. cleanser, it's sometimes it's. I'll go months mm-hmm. because it's so hard. Like when you find something that works, you try to it. So I'm not really mm-hmm. into trying to buy this and that and this. Like it's fun to try it out because mm-hmm. it's just fun as well. But when you know what works for you, mm-hmm. you oh, it's important just to stick to it, not try and try your best not to change too often. Because that's the, that's another thing. People love to change. It's like no, give the product time to work and time like mm. your skin to get used to it because your skin is also a thing like if it doesn't get used to the ingredients it you won't really like see what it's doing so I try not to change my products too often yeah I try to give um when I introduce a new product into my routine I try to give that product four to six yes. weeks or at least until I empty it to then you know I do also have a habit of documenting, so I will take a picture in the beginning and then I'll take a picture at the end um, just to see the progress. That's so true. 
through. That's yeah. Do you know what? That I think I only started doing that for me was like after I had my son. I was like, you know what? What is happening? Let me keep track of exactly what my skin is like and it's really helped because then you know what you're wasting your time on and you know you'd be like okay I gave it six weeks it didn't work let it go Mm. let's move on to the next and then you can see what is actually working for you yeah exactly exactly so yeah I I do I do love a bit of uh, Korean skincare and ladies if you are going to invest please do Mm -hmm. your research and but it's definitely the way to go, you know, if you're a woman of colour and dealing with issues that we face the most, like hyperpigmentation, hormonal acne, acne scarring, um, discoloration, just really look into it. You won't be sorry. I love it. Babe, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Thank you for the skincare talks. I live for the skincare talks. Like, I just... It's so important for us black women to share these, like, I think skincare, like we said, like in the media, as much as they throw us here and there, they don't really, they don't really include us in these conversations. So I'm like, it's important to be like, no, like we are about this skincare world. Like black women, we are about it. Like, so I really want, like just, I love the skincare talk because I'm like, no, these brands, you, you guys need to hear that we know about our skincare. Like don't play with us. So Thank you so much. Please tell, tell everyone where they can find you, your Instagram, where they can find amazing yes. so, Well, my Instagram, you guys can find me at Maeve Hardware. Um, I think that's like the only social I have because I took down my personal yeah. Instagram. Um, so yeah, you guys can find me at Maeve Hardware. You can also shop my pieces at MaeveHardware.com. Um, which will also be in the link in my bio um, on my Instagram. And we'll be releasing some new pieces end of August in September as well. And yeah, just interact with me on Instagram. Like I'm always down to answer DMs and answer comments if you guys got any questions about my products, sizing, restocks, anything like that. So just drop me a message. And yeah, I'd love to talk to you guys. Like I'd love to talk to my followers and stuff. Um, and just interact yeah i love that again thank you so much guys thank you so much for listening thank you thank you so much for having me this was so much fun oh i love to hear that when my guests are like they had fun that's that's my main worry i'm like no i want i just want us to come here and chill a chat about skin about careers and just have fun so i'm glad that you had fun okay i really did thank Thank you. you bye guys i will see you guys next week Bye. Bye.